Going Home, Episode 9, The Nut Pull. Chapter 41. Same day, same time. We have now zoomed up and over to the J.J. Blackstock and Daughters farm. A sweeping high and wide shot shows us the farm. We were at J.J.'s farm earlier, but only saw the fields and the laneway. This time we see the whole nine yards. The farm looks inviting and lived in, and just this side of well-kept. All in all, it looks like a good place to ask for help if your car broke down on the way by. In fact, someone has stopped by. We see a red pickup sitting in the laneway, with an old gray head sleeping against the driver's side window. We also see branches piled up and over the bed of the pickup. The branches are tied and placed by rope. We look on the pickup for a beat, and then our gaze moves up to see J.J. standing in an upstairs window. He is looking down at the red pickup. Generally, I wake up slow. Runs in the family. I don't engage in the operation of machinery, sex, or important thinking before coffee, breakfast, and time on the can. This is my sacred time. No negotiation. But that's not the very, very start of my day. This is the very start of my day. Looking out this window like such. Checking the weather, seeing what the sky is up to, getting a gauge on what I'm in for. Everything's just the same, and everything just the same is the way I like it. I like today to look like yesterday, and yesterday to look like the day before that. But as I now look out this window, I don't think today is going to be like yesterday. Because today, as you know, there is a red Ford pickup sitting right down there in my driveway with a sleeping gray head leaning against the driver's side window. Something is rotten in the state of my driveway. Stay with me. What follows is a reenactment. Down I go with all of this in mind. And you guessed it. It's Sully Sullivan's gray head that is leaning against the driver's side window of that pickup. And right then and there, I got to wondering, who would be a big enough fool to lend Sully this brand new Ford F-150? When I couldn't come up with a fool that big, I decided to get down to the bottom of all this and wrapped on the window. Sully jumped awake and down comes the window. Right around the window coming down, I got curious about what was under the branches in the back of the pickup. So I looked. My first thought, please make this a nightmare. Please make all of this go away. That can't be a casket. It was right around then that Sully said, hello, JJ. And I said, Sully, is that a casket in the back of this pickup? He says, that's right, JJ, that's a casket. I took three steps back and told him to stay where he was. Then I took three more steps back. Just so. One, two, three. 
This was to make some room for the void that was developing between us. I am here on one side of this void and Sully is over there on his side of this void. The earth is falling away in front of us and we both get carried back further and further away from each other. And in this void falls our school days, all our 4-H club days, all our baseball days. Then in goes our teachers, our club leaders, our brothers and sisters, our grandparents, our parents, everything and everybody that linked us together. Everything that was good and bad between us is falling into this black void. Over and over it all keeps tumbling in. Until I blinked and a stop sign entered my mind and the void stopped voiding. And all our years of friendship sat right on the edge. Teeter-tottering, right on the edge, not knowing which way to go. Until something made me say, Sully, what are we going to do about you? And he says, I wish I knew, JJ. I really wish I knew. Chapter 42. Danny is driving along a secondary rural road. He is on his phone in mid-conversation. Yeah, yeah. I know that, Vera. I know that. But Vera, this is serious. This is grave robbery. He's digging up graves, and not just any grave. Okay, okay, got ya. That was Vera. She's turned from being my canary in the coal mine to my therapist. I just had about an hour of over-the-phone head work. I had to agree to this head work before she'd tell me the old man is now over at JJ's. So that's where we're headed, and we're almost there. Now what he's up to at JJ's remains a mystery. Veer says she knows, but she's not saying. She wants me to ponder all possibilities. And as you might have guessed, I do not ponder well. But according to the clock on Veer's wall, it's out with the old and in with the new. According to Vera, I gotta drag myself into this century. Shake hands with the open heart approach to life. I can swing with that as long as I can get myself past all the whining and woe is me that goes along with the open heart approach. Okay, here's the farm. And there's the truck and there's Sully. And I do not like the way he's standing. Hands on his hips, chin out his gait with that cocky cowboy lean to it. That gait does not suggest an open heart approach. That gait suggests trouble. Oh boy. Sorry, Vera. There goes the cross-legged powwow out the window. And there's JJ standing there, staring at his boots, wishing Sully had never been born. Oh, look at that. Sully just spit in my direction. Okay. Okay, so much for the new age. We are headed for a full-on cockfight. Bring on WW3. Vera, I tried. Danny pulls his car into the laneway and stops. He can stay in his car, prepping. Danny gets out of his car, hikes up his pants, and walks towards Sully. He will move up to him until they are face to face. What are you up to, old man? 
What is all this shit about? Did you see that? Did you see that chin to chin? Okay, I gotta bring you up to the here and now. After our little chin off, he asked me what my problem is. My problem? He acts as if digging up his wife and my mother and driving her all over hell's half acre is something everybody does. Like it's a perfectly normal thing to do. Well kids, now the Sunday dinner's over, let's go dig up your mother. Like we do every Sunday. Jesus H. And look at this. He still got his chin out, wagging me, taunting me, acting like he's going to take a swing. So I'll just move in. Move in real close. Close enough to smell him. There's no fear coming off him. I do not smell fear, which I find disturbing. And now we got JJ over there going, come on boys, let's take it down a peg or two, come on boys. But there's no coming down a peg or two today. We are standing pat to pat with each other, both of us praying that the other is going to blink or look away. But I don't see looking away happening anytime soon. I can see the hair in his nose breathing in and out and in and out, poking me, defying me, taunting me. Physically and mentally, he is saying, are you going to stand there? Are you going to do something about this? And right then and there it comes to me. My old man has got no back down in him today. Chapter 43 Sully is right up face to face with Danny. They could not get any closer. There is a silver lining to all of this. That lining being that, for once, my extremely pissed off son and I are not wearing each other out with small talk. We have moved into bigger issues, life and death issues. And I'd be a liar if I didn't say there is a part of me that is comforted by Danny getting large with me. Every parent in the world wants their kids to get large with them. Well, they do and they don't. Like, right now I'm halfway between do and don't. Right now, Danny is threatening me. He wants to know what I'm up to. <laughs> but I'm not telling him. That's private. Will you look at the determination in those eyes of his? Those eyes could start fires. And I don't like the feel of his attitude. D did you hear that? He, he just told me he's getting ready to disown me. Disown his very own father, finally. Can't blame him. <laughs> After all, I did back a truck over his head. Not, not that it could be helped. The stars lined up to put him behind that truck and me backing up. Now you think I'm saying that to relieve my guilt, but I'm not. You can't shake that kind of guilt no matter how many times you get told it couldn't be helped. There's always a part of you that thinks I could have done something to stop it. You can't even talk about it. One time I did try to talk about it when he was around 14 or 15. He looked at me funny, so I said, Do you want to talk about the accident? And he said, I'd rather play catch. <laughs> and so we did. Hey, you want to disown me? Then guess what? 
I'll annul you. I'll pretend you and me never existed. Then I hear JJ going, whoa, 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 and Danny stands on his toes all ready to forget that I'm still his father. He's getting ready to go all Saturday night on me, <laughs> which pisses me off even further. So I tell him to back off, back right off right now. But he doesn't. In fact, he tells me to back off. He expects me to back off from him. Just back off and let him take over. Well, that's not going to happen. So we stare on and on, which seems like forever or as close to forever as you can get. And it was at this point that I start to realise somebody has got to up the ante. So, with that in mind, I grabbed him by the nuts and started to squeeze. Hard. Real hard. Chapter 44. We shift to JJ during the following. He will speak to us, but his face and actions will show he is well aware of all the drama going on around him. Just after Sully's nut grab, the back door busts open and out comes Nancy. Nancy, being my wife, and she don't like what's going on. She comes tearing down off that porch, her house coat flying all the time, threatening to make a 911. I move extra quick towards her, with both arms waving and pleading with her to hang on, just hang on a minute. But she ignores this and starts dialing, and I go, whoa, 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 please whoa, and she stops dialing. None of this registers with Danny and Sully. They're in the middle of a major nut pull, a pain on stare down. This stare down goes on and on until Nancy starts dialing for the police once again. But then I tell her that Sully is showing signs of dementia, in which she says, do you think I don't know that? And I didn't know that. I didn't know that she saw signs of Sully fading, but maybe we both knew it and it was just too close to talk about. It always seems for Nancy and I, the closer bad news gets, the less we talk about it. She's got Alzheimer's running in and out of her own family, and maybe Sully was a reminder of all that. I don't know, but for whatever reason, she stopped dialing the phone and put it back in her pocket. Then she grabs my hand real tight, and we turn to look and wait out the biggest father-son nut pull I've ever seen around here. Chapter 45. Danny and Sully are still toe-to-toe. -to -toe. Well, I grabbed his nuts right back and then called up my very best stare down. Around here, this is called the Southern Ontario Standoff, or SOS for short. Kind of like a Mexican standoff with a great deal of pain thrown in. The typical SOS begins when one Participant grabs the other participant by the nuts and starts to squeeze his opponent like there is no tomorrow. Sounds simple, but it's not. And for those of you who would like to know more about nut pulling, here it is. First off, you need to establish a good grip. That is paramount, and I'll warn you right here, the proper nut crunch and grip 
takes a great deal of eye-hand coordination, as well as considerable luck, because you can't see your opponent's nuts. Hopefully, they're in a pair of pants. God only knows what nude nut pulling could bring on. Anyways, all I can say about getting good at nut pulling is like anything else. Practice, practice, practice. Find a friend. Best make them right around your own age. The cops would not look kindly on younger or even older practice partners for that matter. And then you practice. The procedure proceeds something like this. Down, up, cup, and squeeze. Down, up, cup, and squeeze. You got that? Down, up, cup, and squeeze. Oh, I'm not dealing with a first-timer here. I did not oh, expect this much experience from the old man. Oh, Jesus, God. This is not his first time around. He's got some major experience. God damn, this to hell and back. Oh, but what needs to be done needs to be done. I read about this. We are in the middle of a male domination dance. The bucks locking horns. A rooster fight. A coon go round. A pagan ritual to bring out calm and compliance so the tribe can move forward. Well, so be it and bring it on. I just turned 38 and I don't know whether Sully and I are early or late. All I know is there ain't no going back now. Oh, but I gotta throw him a curveball. <laughs> he needs a Oh, Canada. Our home and native land, true bitter love in all our sons command, with glowing hearts we seek. Most opponents give up about that point in the song, especially Americans, they hate our song. But Sully is not backing down. Lucky for me, my legs are young, and I give him one more squeeze. I think I detected a little give up in his eyes. Just say uncle, old man. Please just say uncle for me. Then from somewhere through this fog of pain, I hear JJ say, come on, boys, come on. And then Sully says, you want to end this? And I say, I most surely do, but you go first. And then I squeezed a whole lot harder. And finally, he lets go and steps back. And I let go and step back. And we both look at the ground. I suppose I won, but I don't feel like doing the cock walk. Winning can have big drawbacks. Like right now, I do not feel like fist punch in the air. I am completely stumped about our father and son way forward. He's stumped too. So we both stand there, stumped, until I come up with all I can think of saying, which is, how's your nuts? And then we stand there again, all four of us, Two of us in pain and shame, and all of us trying to deal with a way forward.